Good evening, everybody, and welcome to what will be the cheeriest edition of the Brisbane Football Review of this young A&W League season. It's James Scott and Adam here with you on a Wednesday evening, and I don't know about you two, but I'm still basking in the glow of what's a pretty successful weekend. Oh, sorry, I just went to blank there for a second. <laughs> it happens to the best of us, doesn't it, Scott? It does. Adam, how are you going? Um, yeah, all, all considered, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I'd, I'd say, all things considered, six points for the Raw's senior teams on the uh, weekend. That's pretty damn successful, and we will get into discussion of both the men's and women's fixtures over the next 45 or so minutes. And then, uh, yeah, we've got a whole lot to discuss all around the world of football, and before we get into that, uh, plugs, email, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook, The Raw Review, Twitter at BNE Football. You can find all of our live coverage notes there, uh, hopefully with no dropouts of the stream during a match. Then we've also got uh, podcasts available on Wooshka, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, leave a rating, a review. We'd love to hear feedback on the show so far, and hopefully everything will be all good and we won't get a random video of someone clicking a mouse in what looks to be a home office. Isn't that right, Adam? Well, well, I don't know. You have a look at us right now. You might see see us on the social media. So, but I don't. Like I said, I know we'll get into it later. But uh, just it bewilders me how that happened. But anyway, I'll still deal that down the path. Yeah, reminds me, James. I left a tube in the other room. I'll just go get it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yes, we are the leading uh, Brisbane Raw themed podcast with a three name title and three guys who really should be doing better things with their Wednesday night. But anyway. We'll, we'll make do with what we can. Um, let's get into the A-League. Saturday night at Dolphin Stadium. Eventually, the Raw played Adelaide United and came away with a 3-1 win. And all I can really say about that, Scott, is that that was far and away the most entertaining Raw performance I've seen in recent memory. The closest thing I can think of was that win over Western Sydney Wanderers last February. But even that you know, pales in comparison to what we saw from the Raw uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, that was the best Aurora played in a number of years. Right from the get-go, I know the game was delayed 30 an hour almost, given... 30 minutes. What 30 minutes to an hour, given what had happened down in Sydney, but I thought it was an absolutely outstanding performance, particularly in the first half from the Raw. Adelaide just did not get a sniff in the game in the first half, and it was the dominant Raw of old, if you if you look at it. I mean, it was... That sort of, that sort of performance would look perfectly in place with the 2010-11 Brisbane Raw when they were absolutely dominant. It was... Really, really good to watch. And I don't think they had a bad play, particularly in the first half, the way they were playing. Defensively, the pressure they were putting on just set up so many attacks. And Adelaide seemed like they was prepared for a different sort of approach from the Raw. And the Raw just exposed them mercilessly in the first half. Some really good play, particularly with the wing-backs getting forward. And it was a joy to watch. It was a change in formation, Adam. We saw three centre-backs with Jack Hingott and Corey Brown, in the words of Adam Peacock, pushing higher than Snoop Dogg. But, uh, yeah, there was going to be... It, it was a stunning approach, and they really just went for the jugular from the outset. 
it really was a like a sort of come out in an almost ambush style of of you know um, to game plan from Warren Moon. Um, I know that they they did switch to a back three which, with relative success against um, against. Uh, this thing in the last event, Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle. That's right. So long ago, <laughs> um, yeah, it was against Newcastle, and they they employed it from the start, and it looked like it just absolutely, you know, caught you know Adelaide off guard. Consider, despite what Carl Viet says, I, I think that you know how well the Raw came out and just really sort of you know you know put the foot in the jugular early on them. Um, yeah, they just did not see it coming, and um, yeah, look, Adelaide have the right to be sort of disappointed a little, but um, yeah, no, the Raw really came out in the first half and really made a statement early. What stunned me is just the amount of space Adelaide just kept giving Jack Hingett. And the Raw just said, all right, well, you want to keep giving Jack Hingett that level of space. Eventually he's going to make, he's eventually he's going to punish them for it. And that's exactly what he did. And well, I wouldn't necessarily say Hingett was his standout performer because as we've discussed in uh, the days since the match, it was hard to pick one standout performer, but (laughs) Hingard, I thought, really came. Um, he really came into his own with that further advance role that we saw him maybe struggle a little bit with last year, Scott. Yeah, maybe it did, but I just, I just, just keep thinking it's the best they've played, and you can see them building something. It's it's very very clear they've built they're building something, James, from right from preseason the way he's built the team, the players they've brought in, and. It's just refreshing, isn't it? The complete different approach that we've seen in in this last three or four months is just it's it's back to the, what we expect of Brisbane Raw, I think, in the way that they play, and it's just brilliant. That's all. I, can, I I know you were focused on certain things. I just think it's absolutely the way they played on on Saturday. It's the best they've played in three or four years, and it's just great to see them getting back to that. Hands down, and it was and. Just that attitude as well. We'll get to you in a second there, Adam. I saw you start to open your mouth. Uh, Overall, it's just that flexibility that we've seen from the Raw already, what, four or five games into the season. Warren Moon is really making a case to say, you know, he was the right man for the job all along. Yeah, look, and I think it's uh, having that flexibility of a game plan is what sort of has really brought this forward. Is that you know, in you know, and sort of at least past iterations of Raw under previous managers, it seemed like Plan A and then Plan B is like, well, what the hell? I, we don't have a real real sort of thought on it. But uh, he, he really has shown that he can adapt into different sort of roles and different types of um, and for as far as the game plan goes. And it's, it's coming off. Uh, as far as, you know, the best they've played, um, yeah, look, I, I, I tend to agree with Scott. It's been years since we've seen um, a Raw team, you know, attack that relentlessly, you know. And, and, you know, and this is not just a fluke one-off. This has been, you know, building for weeks and weeks where Warren Moon has just come out and said, you know what, we're going to win by attacking and just hope our, and trust our defence to sort of you know, turn them back. So um, I don't know if they can do it all season long, but certainly it's, it's going to be a fun ride. And that's a sort of, and more important, that's the entertaining football that you know the crowds want to see. Well, on that as well, like that, the word that stood out to me from what you just said there, Adam, fun. And that was the most fun I've had just watching the Raw say, screw it, we're going for broke. It, it, you know, it's like you're playing FIFA and you just turn the settings up to ultra attacking and say, let's let's go for broke here. Scott, we'll go to you and then Warren Moon. Yeah, it's that's exactly what they needed in that context. Is where you think about Saturday night, the, a lot of people in the crowd were extremely frustrated about the 30-minute delay and... If they come out flat and it was one of those dull kind of games, it would have really been, it would, it could have really been a, a bit of a, a negative for them going forward with the crowd numbers. I think the fact they came out so strongly 
with a really good performance will help the crowds going forward as well, particularly given this was the first time they played its Saturday night game up in Dolphin, and it wasn't full, obviously, but it was it was still a really good crowd and a great atmosphere. And I think having the performance they had was really important given the circumstances of the night. And, yeah, absolutely. And my thought, I think it was from about uh, half an hour in, was saying, you know, if the Raw keep playing with this level of intensity and keep generating results... They're going to wind up having to add another lane on that bridge from Brisbane to Redcliffe because you're going to have a hard time keeping, you know, the Brisbane-based fans away from Dolphin Stadium. Okay, those are our overall thoughts on the match. Let's hear from the manager, Warren Moon. Very happy, very happy. It was an overall good performance. Obviously, first half was uh, some good stuff and uh, we uh, got our rewards, got the lead that we deserved and the second half was a pretty uh, professional job. Saw it through. Your best performance in the season so far? I think it was our best half. Um, you know, uh, we were very good in the first half and uh, we weren't bad in the second half. We did what we needed to do. Adelaide, to their credit, they obviously adjusted and made changes based on what happened in the first half. <coughs> it took us a little while to um, adapt, but uh, but we saw it out professionally and, like I said, they didn't cause us too many problems in, in terms of chances created. Okay, and that was Warren Moon after the match in his press conference. Let's get into some of the individual players and uh, one guy who I thought, you know, it was really good to see him basically pulling the strings there was the Irishman, Jay O'Shea, who, for me, was he was my player of the match. Just He got the reward of the goal, and just the way he was pulling the strings, just making the passes, bringing everybody into play, and feeding the overlapping fullbacks, or um, maybe they were wide midfielders, I don't know what you want to call them. But overall, Adam, they, O'Shea, I thought, you know, really deserved all the plaudits he got for what was a fantastic performance. Well, we said in the preview that um, of the season of the season that uh, he's going to be very very important. That you know he was brought out here as more of an attacking midfielder, and that didn't really work out as well you know within the raw structure. But now that he's playing a little bit deeper in that central midfield role, um, his pass distribution and you know able to sort of you know watch the play unfold. You know it's something if if. If he is going to be, you know, have these types of games, and the Raw are going to be winning more games than not, because I thought he he was excellent on um, on Saturday night, and I think the goal, I think the goal as well, was, you know, it was a cracking goal, and um, it was sort of just deserves. Yeah, I think the goal is actually a bonus. I also had him as man of the match. I'm not sure who's giving their three two ones on the air this week, but I thought he was superb, and it wasn't just the fact that he scored the goal late in the first half. It was his all-round play to open up the opportunities for other people with the, his distribution in midfield was it was absolutely brilliant and in that deeper role we talked about in the season preview you're right Adam about how that's probably the best way the Raw can use him and it was extremely effective on Saturday night the way he was able to to help switch the ball from left to right when it was required when you had a wing back or a wide midfield whatever you want to call them in acres of space we had to make that pass and pick that out I think that's the sort of thing where he's got the vision to be able to make those passes I think he's also helping grow the game of Raman Akbari alongside him as well, who is going under the radar a fair bit with what he's doing in the side. But I think having the both of them there is a really big impact. But Joe O'Shea was, was really, really impressive on Saturday night. Probably the best game he's had since he's been out here, actually. And I do think, you know, maybe even just subtly, one thing that really is coming through with this overall squad is the depth. You have Jesse Daly on the bench for this match, and then you're able to call on him with the match excuse me, for all intents and purposes, in hand. But it does mean that, you know, if any of the midfielders do happen to drop off, you do have that opportunity to try and bring in another player who is more than capable of playing a full 90 minutes. Yeah, and that's... Um, 
And like I said, and that's that's the sort of one thing is we know that yeah, that Jesse Daly he can he can go the full time. But I think also as well what he brings to he changes the momentum of the game. And while sort of the game you know was really sort of going at high tempo, he was able to slow it down. He was able to sort of take control of of the contest. Like the goal that Adelaide scored, it was one of those ones where you know it's unfortunate. It was a you know a speculator you know from Nathan Constantopoulos. But you know, at the end of the day, the game was all but over, and that, and that was more sort of you know. I guess liberties towards you know Adelaide you know rather than sort of a you know more of an issue of the rule. I think they were home and hose by that time. Yeah, I'm not going to hold uh, too much against the rule for conceding that goal. It's probably the one time they got to the behind the defense behind the midfield line wasn't actually behind yeah. the defensive midfield line running at the defense. It was one of the very few times they were doing that throughout the 90 minutes. Well, to steal a line from the great Al Michaels. Um, that goal certainly meant a lot to a few people watching that match, especially the ones who had tipped uh, four or more goals in the match for their preview for their day job. <laughs> not, not saying who, but yeah, anyway. So th- there was some silver lining to that goal. Anyway, one player who really suited that, uh, again, a line from Adam Peacock, you know, five-year-olds on red cordial uh, pace of play was Dylan Wenzel Halls, who always seems to operate at the pace and intensity of a five-year-old who's been given several litres of red cordial. And, you know, he, again, is continuing to show that growth that we've been hoping uh, for over the last couple of seasons. And he, you know, capped off a phenomenal phenomenal performance with a brace. But that first goal, just that glancing header, that was was probably the most encouraging part of the whole match for me from uh, Dylan. Yeah, he must like playing teams who wear red and yellow because the last time he would have done that would have been Sunshine Coast, wouldn't it, when he scored a hat full of goals in the NPL. But he was superb on Saturday night. It's really just... It's been spoken about a lot, including by us in recent weeks, but his, his development this year, given the faith Warren Moon has put into him, has been absolutely brilliant. And he is probably the most informed attacker in the league, you'd have to say, at the moment, with what he's doing. And he scored two at the weekend, two really, really good goals. The header was a really good instinctive finish that... We haven't seen too much from him in the A-League so far. And that's that's the sort of evolution in his play that you want to see. But he also could have scored three or four more, particularly in the second half. He had a whole lot of chances he could have taken. A couple of nice saves from the goalkeeper, but he was on fire on Saturday night. And if he was, if Jay O'Shea was the best player on the field, it wasn't by much because Dylan Wenzel-Halls was almost as good as him. It was it was great to see him. Look, if there's... um. I'm not sure if they still do it, but obviously if there's a Rising Star um, award winner for January, Dylan Winslow-Halls wins by a street, and even Otto's overall player of the month, he, he's been absolutely electric. Um, he's, he's sort of been, as far as, you know, he's a, the standing light for the Raw in their first month of the season. You know, like I said, we haven't even said it yet. Top of the league, and um, he's, he's been a big part of that. Definitely. Well, look, you know, once again, we've talked about Dylan Winslow-Halls. Let's hear what he had to say in a media opportunity uh, that was today, yeah, Scott? Yeah, it was today. Okay, this is Dylan Wenzel Halls speaking to them. Yeah, just little things like, um, you know, locking the ball in, you know, trying to link up forward runs, you know, I think he he identified, you know, obviously what he thinks my strengths are and, and you know, we're trying to play to that, you know, to some extent, you know, I'm, I'm better, you know, obviously running in behind and making forward runs rather, you know, coming to feet as such and I think, um, you know, he's really... You know, got me just just looking forward all the time, and, and he's got you know the players around. You know, knowing that you know, you know, with my pace and, and getting in behind, you know that that can be a dangerous asset for us. So I think little things like that, but um, you know, really playing to my strengths. You know, he's, he's got me doing so, and um, you know, little things like you know, working on my left foot 
you know, finishing and my left foot striking, you know, because obviously, you know, I can take defenders both ways rather than just coming on my right foot every time. But yeah, obviously all the, all the time, you know, I'm having little chats with him, but not only him, like, you know, Scotty and Jay and the, the senior experienced players that can really help me improve my game. All right, and thanks to the Brisbane Rule for that audio from today's media op. Isn't it fun of having day jobs where we can't always get out to the press conferences <laughs> the way we normally would like to? But, you know, we do appreciate the audio that we can also bring to you guys through this podcast. Uh, yeah, well, overall, okay, so the half-hour delay to the match, Scott, not an ideal situation. Obviously, there were some people in my section where I was sitting um, just... Not happy. They, not happy with the delay. I just don't get why you couldn't have started the match on Fox Sports News. The, I know there was live sport on all the other channels, so you can't say that. But would it would it have killed Fox Sports News to miss half half an hour of their bulletin? Before I get into that, I will also say the importance of Scott McDonald in helping to unle- unlock the potential of Dylan Wenzel Hall has been absolutely important, and his role, although he's not scoring a lot of goals this year. Scott McDonald, his all-around impact on the side is absolutely evident in the way he's bringing a lot of these other young players in the front third through. But on the on the issue with the broadcasting, look, I mean, I don't know where you want to start with this because I mean, look, it there's no it should have started the the, the the Foxtel issue of wanting the games back to back. That's fine, but there has to be a plan in place here that if something happens through a weather event where there's a significant delay, the game cannot just be stopped and not played. At that kickoff time, when you've got th- when you've got close to ten thousand people in the stadium, it should have kicked off on time. There's no question about that. They've got a- multiple channels at Fox Sports where they could have shown the game. You mentioned the fact that a lot, a lot of those did have live sport. Fair enough, but they've got two channels dedicated to other sports. Which last time I checked, they're in their off season. You could have started on there for a while. You could have used Fox Sports News. You could have done many different things to start the game at the. The original, originally scheduled kickoff time, and I thought the delay was, although it was pretty poor, I don't see why it should have happened that way. I mean, and as I said earlier, the Raw are very lucky that their performance actually made a lot of people forget about the fact that the game was delayed even further because it was already a late kickoff. Eight fifteen was the scheduled kickoff time. I think it started about twenty to nine. So I think the fact they played so well helped people forget about it to a degree, but. There's got to be a better solution than that, surely, because that 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 can't happen continuously. What if it's an hour an hour plus delay from a from a um, electrical storm? Yeah. Okay. So on that, so original kickoff was set for eight fifteen, and I would maintain the problem of having kickoffs at that that point in the day rather than that time could be solved if Queensland, I don't know, brought in daylight savings. But you know how. Don't get political. The mayor of Mont Bale starts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, we all know how people north of Rockhampton feel about daylight saving. You might wind up fading the curtains. Okay, so I took a screenshot of the Foxtel guide at, I want to say it would have been about 8.30, 8.20, give or take. So when the match should have kicked off. On Fox Cricket, there was live Big Bash. Okay. Um, Fox League, uh, there was season's best of Akila Uate. Uh, uh, five oh three. That's something not to miss. Yeah, I'm surprised I had ninety minutes of that. Or it could have been from twenty ten. Um, Come on, killer was all right. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to get that in. Uh, five oh three live PGA Dubai Desert Classic. So live sport. Uh, AFLW twenty twenty one. It doesn't say live West Coast against Adelaide. That could have been live. Um, cricket One Day Cup. Uh, Cobras v Warriors on 
Fox Sports 506, I would assume, and 507 has uh, live baseball. So the majority of the channels were taken up with live sports there, but my point overall is why on earth couldn't you have wound up putting the... Yeah, you could have very easily just said, okay, for the first 30 minutes of the Brisbane Raw match, it's on Fox Sports News. What happened to the red button, by the way? Remember the old red button they had with the Premier League? Back in the day when they actually had the Premier League, you could hit the button, you could choose between four or five additional games. Why couldn't they just bring that back? Surely they've still got that technology, haven't they? I assume they didn't renew their subscription, Adam. Yeah, look, it it comes down to... Do, who, who actually runs the game? Is it the APL slash Football Australia or is it Fox Cell? Because, and I think that given the decisions on Saturday night, I think it's clear who runs the game. Because, look, while I can understand Foxtel um, looking after their subscribers, looking after their viewers, and I'm sure there have been a lot more people, you know, that were watching that game. Um, on the other hand, why inconvenience, you know, you know, nearly 9,000 people at the ground for for reasons that, you know, to them are not apparent. Like, you know, we, we all, you know, had the benefit of, you know, obviously being constant communication, you know, especially Scott Scott and I were in the media box on Saturday night, so we knew what was going on. But for someone who's out in the stand, thinking, hang on, it's a clear night, it's 8.15, why have we not kicked off? Um, and then the reason comes through, oh, because of a game in Sydney, a thousand k's away has been delayed by weather. Um, yeah, a lot of people are going to be very, very, um, are going to be very, very sort of perplexed by that. And above all else, it's a late game as it is. And um, yeah, so it's just one of those things where I, I understand why Fox Hill had made that decision, but you got to also consider the, you know, the, the actual sport and the, who's running the sport because, yeah, it's not it's not a great look, you know, especially especially you know a game kicking off. I know at you know at ten to nine on a um, you know even on Saturday night, it's still not a great look. Especially it when it's not it shouldn't be Fox's decision at the end of the day anyway. It should hmm. just be this is what's yeah. happening. You broadcast it. Yep, yeah, this, that's the, you made the deal to broadcast it. This is when it's on. It, it yep. is a, it is a downside of the you know difference in the uh, relationship between say the you know APL or FF or FA or whatever compared to say the Premier League with the broadcasters in England where the broadcasters need the Premier League a lot more than the Premier League needs the broadcasters and you know it's kind of the other way around here anyway that's rent to at Fox so we've got another one coming later yeah mm-hmm. and probably a much more valid one as well Okay, before we get into that though, um, three, two, one. Now, because uh, of circumstances of the last few days, I'm just going to give my three, two, one. Now, it was a very tight uh, two-horse race at the top. Jay O'Shea three points, Dylan Wenzel Hall's two points. To be honest, it really could have gone either way. And a solitary point for Riku Danzaki, who once again continues his very impressive start to life in the A League. And that's his defensive press is really good, actually, isn't it? The way he just yeah. runs around, it's absolutely incredibly energy he brings to the game. It's, it so reminds me of Bess Apparisha. That's you know, I, I look I look at Riku Danzaki and the way he he pressures on the ball, and it just reminds me of you know Bess Apparisha 2012. And then that and that's only a good thing. But uh, yeah, yeah um, he, he he does a lot more than what the actual statistics would say. Definitely. Okay, and then. On to the W League now. Sorry, just had another dropout. You know, it's inevitable how many times... Or it's, unpo- <laughs> it's unfortunate how many times, you know, a stream can drop out in the space of 90 minutes or so. But, 
we will focus on the good news from the W League on the weekend, and that was another win for the Brisbane Roar, 3-2 over Melbourne City. Speaking of our daylight savings issues, that actually managed to catch me out uh, on Sunday, where I was out for trivia at lunch and thought the game kicked off at 4pm. Went for afternoon ice cream and started to get the goal notifications coming through as we were crossing the Story Bridge. So, good job, James. Well done. Scott, what were your thoughts on the match? Well, first of all, but for a reminder from Adam on Sunday afternoon about the kickoff time, I also would have been caught out. So, I can't say too much about that. But That would have been a problem considering where I am at the moment. So <laughs> Yes, it could very well have been. But it was a classic game of two halves, if you almost look at it, because the first half, the Raw were completely in control. The second half, City almost had nothing to lose and they started to push forward a lot more. They got a, a pretty fortunate goal back right before the break, right after the break, I beg your pardon, and a penalty which looked like they were going to get the result and then Marielle Hecker steps up and does what we've seen her do for two years in the NPL up here in Queensland with a tremendous finish to get all three points for the Raw. In a place which I talked about last week, it's a really tough place for the Raw to go traditionally. Well, that was a really good performance on the road down there and I think it does it does underscore the fact that, well, the first month the draws, most of them were frustrating in not getting the, the um, result. The performances have always been there and they're, they're looking really strong at the moment. It's, it's funny how we go from the half-glass-empty sort of approach of, oh, it's four draws, they're in trouble. All of a sudden, you, you stick two wins onto that and then all of a sudden, it's six games unbeaten and sitting pretty in second on the ladder. Um, so maybe I think third. I don't. I can't remember if Sydney FC might have jumped them. I think they did, but it's still well in that top four race, and you know, right in the in the um, Premiership hunt. And like I said, it's it, it, we all knew it was coming. And um, this was the sort of performance as well. We sort of we look at the Melbourne victory win. That was just you know they just overran. They just overran the um, you know them on that Friday night down the Gold Coast. But this was the game where you know they they kept the front. They you know, they, they conceded a couple of goals, were challenged again, and then they come they sort of come back and won it. So and but congratulations as well to Mariel Hecker. We, like I said, that goal we've seen that I don't know how many times we've seen that at MPL level. But to see it on you know, be the game winning goal in a W League game, it's just you know, it just shows what a player she is and the player that we knew she was. Yeah, you can't really uh, say a whole lot more about Mariel Hecker. She's you know, coming through in the clutch once again for the raw and that strike was just unbelievable. Go watch the replay again. Go on, pause the podcast and then go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of it. Uh, another player who should come in to uh, come in for plenty of praise is uh, Claire Polkinghorn. As you can tell, I'm a little I'm a little bit loopy tonight. If you haven't uh, picked that one up already, yeah, promising young player Claire Polkinghorn, isn't she? Yes, exactly, exactly. Still, still looking as uh, sprightly as she did in the early part of her career and managed to get quite sprightly wow that's really bad sentence structure forgive me for that uh to you know leap up and score the opening goal of the match with an impressive header yeah who had that red quarter earlier you or dylan wins the this by the way i'm getting so really hungry tr- <laughs> it was a it was a it was a good set piece actually from the raw to get that first goal and it was it was no less than what they deserved and then the second one not long after was was again it was a clear penalty and they deserved that but I thought that Polkinghorne's performance was again I thought she was the best player on the field and not for the first time this year it's been another vintage Claire Polkinghorne season and her, her importance in this side cannot be undersold it's been important she's been an important player for so long but it's still the case now and I think the way that she leads this team from the front is just absolutely immeasurable and the goal was 
Doesn't score too many of them, but it was a good reward for her to be able to get on the score sheet. And again, it was just it was a really good team performance. Do you think the um the Saturday night A League side was a full on team performance, and so was the W League one. The three two one for this was quite challenging, actually, to be honest with you. Let's go with that now, just while we're on it. Alright, so I do have Claire Polking on for three three points. I had Isabel Dalton with two, which has been one of the consist- most consistent players for the season for the Royal was like that once again on Sunday afternoon. And Tamiki Yallop with one. Again, the performance in creating things in the front third, back in that midfield role, is it's where she's meant to play. That role up front was not right for her. Now she's back in that midfield role. We're seeing the absolute best of her. Yep. I can't argue too much with that. Um, yeah, Polkinghorn. That's, that's why they keep bringing her back. And uh, side note, I think she's coaching the uh, assistant coach of the QAS, FQ NPL uh, side in the women's yeah. competition as well this season as well. So that's a pretty phenomenal mentor for those players to have. Yeah, um, like I said, we'll get to the results of the um, Kappa Women's Super Cup uh, where her QAS will be playing round two. I'll keep surprised at that. But uh, yeah, look, as far as Claire Polkinghorne goes, you know, you, you look up, you know, the term, you know, leadership by example, and there's a picture of Claire Polkinghorne because she, she's everything but... You know, of that, and um, yeah, another another you know, sterling performance at the back. You know, controls it. Look, a couple of you know, like I said, two goals against that. What well, we, we've talked about that most vaunted raw defence. But look, at the end of the day, they got the three points. It's a win. They sit third and ladder, and uh, yeah, they're, they're certainly well in sight of um, Sydney and Canberra. And that game in uh, a couple of Sundays' time against Sydney might be season defining. It probably will be. But back to Claire Polkinghorne and coaching. I mean, you can almost see. With the leadership qualities and the intangibles that Claire Bolkinghorn has, you can see her coaching the Raw one day, and it might not be too far down the track. Obviously, she's still got a good few years left in her career, probably another 10 years or so, given she's such a promising young player. But you can see the qualities that Claire has when she gets a bit of coaching time under her belt. You can I wouldn't at all be shocked to see her coaching the Raw one day. Not that we're trying to move Jake Goodship on any time soon, no, are no, we? No, no, Claire's, no. Claire's got at least 10 excellent years left playing at the highest level of James. And that's a conservative estimate. Okay, got the podcast title here. Scott, sack Jake Goodship today. No, no, no. The podcast, <laughs> that's not the title. No. We don't do clickbait around here. Maybe we should start. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, look, it was a fantastic performance for the Raw. We would normally preview their next match coming up uh, this weekend, but apparently there is no match this weekend as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're on them. On a buy, and then um, yeah, so we've got um, yeah, so this is where we'll have to move into the other um, news section of the podcast as well, um, and I suppose we have to start off on a fairly sour note and talk about uh, more W League and the issues with the supposedly broadcaster Scott. Um, you yes. really wanted to tee off on this, so I'm going to sit back and let you have at it. Yes, this ruined my Thursday night last week because I wasn't actually watching this game, unfortunately. I was watching something else and it popped up and just blew up on Twitter, didn't it, when you saw what happened. And I think everyone's already seen what happened. There was Adelaide victory were playing. There was a brief stoppage in play at a free kick. And the next thing you see is is some, what looked like a producer or something, somebody sitting in their, in their, in their room at a, at a laptop, not too dissimilarly to I am now. And it just was ridiculous, wasn't it? And all the blunders we talked about last week with Fox Sports, with their quality of production, this was the worst of the lot. Some of those other ones you can kind of... I haven't mentioned it, the, talking about it on the weekend, you can kind of forgive those ones to a degree, or at least explain away how those things might happen. 
you can't explain that on Thursday. That was just absolutely ridiculous. And at a time where they were just getting getting kicked around over their lack of quality in their broadcasting, it was the last thing that they needed, and it was it was absolutely horrible, wasn't it? And again, we talked last week about do they have a commitment to football or not? Well, this was a pretty clear sign that they probably don't. In the, certainly not to producing it at a high standard because that was absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, if the Riot Act hadn't been read to Fox Sports and the uh, outsourced production company after the incidents just involving Brisbane Raw games so far this season, then that should have been the cause to, I don't know, stand outside the office with flares and say, come on out here, you know, this is going to get ugly, you know, Jack Bauer style. But <laughs> over, overall, yeah, this is just insane. The one point I would say just for the sake of being a devil's advocate here i really do feel for the poor guy who had his picture broadcast for the next like for it was only 30 odd seconds but you know the morons at a league memes are going to wind up you know tormenting this guy all over the internet for the next three years or whatever and it's really going to screw up his professional career as well even if he was the one that was responsible for the broadcast like stuff up and i have no clue if he is or not but really it's going to show, you know, the horrible, toxic nature of being a football fan in Australia. The fact that this guy is going to be held up as a poster child for what has been a systematic failure all season. Yeah, look, it, it comes down to the fact is that, yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost unforgivable what happened here. In fact, I'm, I'm still trying to question how it happened. Like, again, like Scott and I were talking in the media box on, um, on Saturday night waiting for kickoff. <laughs> the delayed kickoff. And, had a lot of time, you know, didn't we? We had a lot of time to kill. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's like the other things you can explain away as, you know, what, it's a press or a wrong button or, you know, internet feeds. You know, Lord knows we're, we're, we're having issues with dropouts of the internet at the moment. But um, but to, to broadcast some random guy for 30 seconds on a national broadcast, I just, I don't even know how that's possible. Like, uh, and they're not to sort of, yeah, so, look, they deserve the kicking that they get. Um, and like I said, not only uh, Foxtel, but also, you know, um, the, the outsourcing company, because this, this should just not happen. Yeah. It... No, it was, it was poor, wasn't it? And look, mm. we also should mention that, that today Fox have announced a deal with another, with Netball for the next five years, starting in 2022. So perhaps, perhaps everyone's talked about this mythical $40 million that <laughs> they were given by the government to broadcast women's football. Perhaps that's what they've used it for because that would make much more sense because to get that to get netball back would not have been cheap from so I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it's from and it also it's another sign that I do think that Foxtel and Fox Sports are moving on from football because that's another another key bit of content they've got now which they've got I think four locked in what's your AFL NRL you've got the the car racing and the netball now so they've got four key pillars locked in I wouldn't be surprised if that they've taken the money potentially allocated to football and use it to use it to get the netball back. So I think this is yet another sign that football is getting ready to move on from Fox Sports, and the way they're broadcasting it at the moment, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, it is the definition of you know half-ass broadcasting, which you know we all know quite a lot about in the Brisbane football. We're experts review. at it. <laughs> but yeah, two points on that as well is I would not be surprised if Fox uh, has kind of read the writing on the wall from like from their discussions with the FA, which I assume would have happened already saying, you know, well, maybe it's better for both parties to go in different directions. But on that as well, I just, yeah, like, it's going to be a rough end to the season. And this is hopefully where, you know, some of the new platforms uh, that come through, like, you know, Optus Sport, Stand Sport, 
even Amazon Prime has shown uh, an interest in broadcasting sports in Australia before. There are places to go. I just, I hope the FA are willing to, you know, make the best decision, not necessarily just take the highest offer if it, you know, perhaps tries to limit the growth of the game. But it seems like the broadcasting next broadcasting rights deal is going to be a whole of the game package. And we can talk about that ad nauseum uh, over the next, I don't know, several months until it's announced. Because let's be honest, probably going to have a bit of time to break it all down, break down the contenders, look at uh, where it could go, which commentators are <clears throat> available and willing to work for a fairly reasonable <laughs> price. But hey, look, I'm, I'm, I have no shame when it comes to that stuff. I think we're all well aware of that. And yeah, I, it just seems like the writing's on the wall for uh, the relationship of Fox Sports and the sport of football, which, look, it is a shame that it is going to tarnish what has been largely a phenomenal 15 years on, uh, on the network. And got to remember some of the fantastic moments we've seen broadcast on Fox Sports. I can think of three very, very good Brisbane Raw-related moments off the top of my head. No prizes for guessing what they are. But now we are going to move on to another big news story, and that is the Kappa Women's Super Cup, which was drawn about 90 minutes ago by Simon Smale and Claire Polkinghorne on the uh, Football Queensland Facebook page. If you want to see the full list of ties, check out our socials in a little while, or Football Queensland. Uh, just quickly, we'll run through. Scott, standout tie. I think there's look, a few teams got to buy into round two, some of the top teams, so there's not too many of them. I think Lions versus Sunshine Coast Wanderers is probably the pick of the ties in this round. Obviously, Sunshine Coast look like they're coming back into the MPLW this year, and Lions have been the dominant force in that competition for pretty much the last three years. So I think that's a, that's probably the pick of the matches. It's it's actually, it's good though that it's a it's statewide, James. It's not just down here in the southeast where there's a lot of women's teams. It's all up and down the state where where the where the cup is being played. So it's it's going to be a great tournament to showcase the best of women's football, like in the FFA Cup qualification series. It's statewide. I think it's going to be a a really good addition to the calendar. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Like we know how much the FF, the FFA Cup in the past has been. Uh, you know, a highlight of the year for the three of us and fans in general. So I think having the second, um, having that second tournament for the women's football as well is going to be excellent. And to be honest, there is no such thing as too much football, right, Adam? Uh, yeah. Um, sorry, I was just uh, distracted over there. Um, yeah, it's it's good getting the to- getting uh, the cup competition up and running uh, on the women's side as well. We've got the FFA Cup and now we've got the Kappa Women's Super Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And um, no, so just adding to that, a couple of, an, another game that sort of caught my eye, just reading back through the draw, uh, South United versus uh, Brisbane City might be a very, very good tie as well. And as I mentioned before, when we talking about Claire Polkinghorne, her um, QAS will take on Willowburn of Towns of, 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 of Toowoomba well, in the next round. So Then it's not that far to get to Willowburn, surely. Huh? Not that far to get to Willowburn up in North Queensland, surely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so check out the full draw online, and we are going to move on now to our final news story, which will also lead into our A-League preview for the weekend. Um, Jamie Young announced on his Instagram that he has been cleared to play this weekend. So, first question, Adam, do you risk him? Uh, look, I'm not sure you do. I think, I think you know, one more, one more week with uh, Macklin Frake, obviously you might um, put Jamie on the bench just to... Obviously, again, back in sort of the game, sort of the match day mode. But yeah, look, I think Macklin Frakes 
Freaks worth one more um, one more run before you know. Obviously, Jamie Young sort of inevitably takes over for the rest of the season. So um, I, I don't see any need to to rush to rush him back. You know, it's, it's all well and good that he's he's back well ahead of time. Um, that's that's brilliant. But uh, I don't think I don't think it um, sends a great message that oh he's back early and we're going to just stick him straight back in just just for the sake of it. Especially when Freak hasn't done too much wrong. No, Macklin Freak's, Macklin Freak's been brilliant in goal for Leroy in the last two weeks. The goals that have been conceded haven't really been down to any mistakes that he's made. It's just, to me, it comes down to, if is, first of all, Jamie Young being back is great. The fact that he's been able to overcome this injury quicker than expected is a good thing. It comes down to the fact of, if he's back in training now, does that mean that Bond Scott has already moved on back to, to the MPL Victoria? Is he, if he's still there? Because I, I, do, I don't see... Any, I don't see a situation where Jamie Young comes back and sits on the bench. I think if he's going to be in the match day squad, I think he's going to be starting. I just, I, I just don't see a way that they would leave Jamie Young out of the starting eleven but put him on the bench. So, personally, I would start Macklin Freak this week. He's had the full week of training. He's played well. I think Jamie Young is going to be really important over the course of the season, particularly if there is a backlog of fixtures later on caused by the Champions League. I think you want to have Macklin, Fre- Macklin Freak getting a bit more more experience now than you can get. So I would play him this week, but I will have a feeling that if he's in the match day squad announced tomorrow or, or Friday, he'll be playing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't risk him. It's too, way too early in the season to be taking a gamble, especially with the keeper's knee injury, because they are that is a fairly important part of the body for, well, pretty much any footballer, but especially a goalkeeper who does have that sort of lateral movement in their game. So, yeah, I, I just wouldn't take that risk. But, you know, that that's just me. We'll have to wait and see. The Raw are playing Melbourne Victory, 4 p.m. Queensland time. This, uh, or Eastern Original Time, I think is what it's called. Uh, at <laughs> Dolphin Stadium. Real time. Yep. Yeah, Eastern Real Time. Eastern Original Time, yes. Uh, that is still called Dolphin Stadium. Am I correct there, Adam? Uh, Sorry, at this Eastern stage, Air. yes. It's <laughs> a yes, but it will be uh, named Morton Daly Stadium uh, in the near future. Okay, there we go. Scott, what are you looking for from this game? Good sponsorship deal there, Mayor. <laughs> no, I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Is that when, the, when the Raw played victory a month or so ago, they were clearly not at their best. They were still just getting out of their quarantine situation. They were trying to get up to speed, having just gotten out of there. As I mentioned, that was their first game in the A-League. It was a team which wasn't fully complete yet in terms of the fact that a couple of players weren't here yet, there were a couple of injuries, they were clearly a little bit down on fitness, so I think they'll be a much better proposition this time around than last time, and we know that they've got a lot of attacking threats for Melbourne Victory it hasn't quite clicked for them just yet, but I think this is a game where it's two sides who've got really good attacks it's a bit like what I said last week with the Adelaide game, where it was two sides with really good attacks, so I, I think Victory are going to bring a similar attacking mentality and I'm I'm intrigued to see how it bends. I think that I think the momentum the Roar have got though is the best thing they've got going for them, James. Yeah, look I think yeah we can't you can't just look at the Melbourne victory game from from round two and say, you know, oh that Raw will do it easy. It's gonna be I think uh, Melbourne Victory may come up here to play, but also I think from there I think Brisbane Raw have also improved uh, significantly in there and they have got momentum at the moment. So I think this is gonna be a, an excellent game comes come Saturday afternoon and um yeah, it'll be um intriguing to see. I think plenty of goals will be scored. I think um obviously maybe attack might a trump defence, but the one that does hold firm will be the one that uh, takes all the points. Okay, so discount round two of 
the round two performance for the Raw. I'm just going to have to make those changes to my preview for work, which will be going up tomorrow. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Happy to have written it for you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I think I, what really has surprised me about the Raw so far this season is just the fact that they've got that ability to put their foot on the accelerator and just pick and choose their moments when they just go hell for leather and say, no, this is going to get us a goal or eight and just really push, you know, level of intensity that... I don't think many teams in this league are capable of matching, to be honest. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up going back to a back four just to try and keep victory on their toes as well. So they do have two very distinct setups to try and prepare for. But overall, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting the Raw to just pick and choose their moments and then when the victory are a little bit uh, vulnerable, that's when they're going to really go for it. Yeah, I think I think that's sort of the way that they've just got to go. What they've have gone with the um, in, in the last month of the season. It's a, that you know, there's no point to changing up because you know the you know the opponent's different or they've already got form against them. They just got to go what they you know go with and then make the adjustments within the game. If if the Raw can do again what they did to Adelaide um, on on Saturday night, then you know it may be all over by halftime. So so yeah, so it's a case of do what they do done. That's worked from, and then to make the adjustments. And I think that's the one thing I, I think I can say with absolute confidence with the Warren Moon coach side, especially this Raw side, is that you know they will make the necessary judgments rather than to go all in on one game plan. If it doesn't work, they go oh, oh well next week. It's interesting which game plan they do go with because when they had the four three three against Victory down there in in round two, and Jesse Daly's import inclusion in that side made a huge difference. Ricky was playing in the front third, and it was. It flowed really, really well, and it got them going. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if that thought is in the mind of Warren Moon. Do, do I go back to that setup which works so well? But I don't know how you change that side from Saturday night. Mm. The way they played on Saturday night, there's nobody there who performed even close to below par. They were, they were absolutely at their best, and I think it's going to be the same team, a slightly different look to what they had last time. But I still think the momentum they have will carry them through this game. Yeah, I think that's incredibly likely as well. The one point as well, the victory, it does seem like they're going to be missing a couple of key plays. Uh, I think Rudy Gestead is out injured, as is Callum McManaman. Uh, don't quote me on that. I have, may have to do some research on that tomorrow. Um, but uh, Ryan Shotton seems like he'll be a fairly key player for the victory as well uh, when these two sides meet on Saturday in what probably will be quite a hot evening. That's a shame if McManaman is out because he was really good to watch in that game in round two. So if he's unavailable, that's a huge boost for Brisbane. I definitely know uh, Gestead is out injured and I'm fairly certain I read that McManaman was out injured last week as well. So if I'm wrong, don't hold me to that. Okay. (laughs) Now, in the interest of timing and trying to keep this, by our standards, fairly uh, brief, Adam, what are we going to be talking about this time next week? Uh, Brisbane Raw still top of the league. Scott. First goal for Kudo. Okay, I think we are going to be talking about another high-scoring, high-paced thriller at Dolphin Stadium, and we are also going to be talking about how the Kansas City Chiefs won Super Bowl 55, 34-30 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh. Spot the bitter Boston fan, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Me? Bitter? The, Never. Mahomes the goat slayer. Uh, I, I, I kind of think it's going to turn into a quarterback duel between the... Of them, but um, yeah, either way, I'm looking forward to Monday. 
we'll have to see how it all plays out. Looking forward to Saturday before Monday. Saturday would be great. It's gonna be yeah. a, it's gonna be a good weekend overall, I think. Um, yeah, raw women on the buy, so they can sit back and take it all in from the couch, as I think we'll be doing as well. Uh, full weekend of football coming up. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thanks, uh, James. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Good to talk to you again, Adam, James. Yep. yep. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next weekend to recap, hopefully, what is a clean weekend of football broadcasting for Fox Sports and hopefully a successful weekend for the Brisbane Raw. Get out and enjoy the football. Get out to Dolphin Stadium if you can. And uh, we'll be back to discuss it all next week on the Brisbane Football Review.